Let us pray. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for this chance to hear your word. We give you thanks for this chance to share your word. We give you thanks. But God, uh, guide us that we may uh, be faithful stewards of your word. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good Amen. evening, friends, and happy new year. Uh, welcome uh, to the uh, first edition of a Scripture Talk uh, for uh, 2021. Um, may 2021 uh, be a better year than 2020 was. Um, as uh, uh, for a lot of familiar uh, watchers of the show, um, I am in my new studio space, uh, which is lovely. I'm happy to be here. Um, but I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is Go Brandy. Sister Brandy me? Dudley, good evening, everybody. Go, yep. Scott. Pastor Scott Ketchot, glad to be seeing you all this new year. And go, Stacy. I am Marty McFly from the year 1986. Hi, y'all. I was born in the year 1986. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have, uh, in the pre-show, I have been doing just about anything I can to make Stacy feel old. Uh, it's like, you remember that song that Tupac did? And I was like, I was in elementary school when Tupac died. Uh, so, no. I mean, I yeah. Guess I'll just uh, have to, that is, uh, I'll have to stop talking right there. Great. That makes for a glorious audio. Uh, this is yeah, this is a podcast where we gather together each week and talk about the scripture uh, for our week uh, this week, as it is uh, we're coming up on the end of the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, there is but uh, two more days of Christmas. Um, uh, today is whatever it is. What's 11? Is it 11 Lords of Leaping? Never, never. 11 Pipers no. Piping. Pipers Piping. Piping. Today is 11 Pipers Piping. Um, and so that means we are just two days away from Epiphany, which means on Sunday we will be reading uh, the story that ties with Epiphany. It is the arrival of the wise men, um, the visitation of the Magi, um, we three kings, all of that, um, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came from Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler, who is the shepherd, shepherd who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men, and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, "Go and search diligently for." Excuse me, you got to do like a you got to do like a snively whiplash. Go and search <laughs> diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring word to me so that I may also go and pay him homage. Uh -huh. yeah, that's much better. When they had heard the king, they set out, and they they set out. They set out, and there, ahead of them, went the star that had been seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, 
opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. You could almost give this scripture two different names, right? We kind of call it the Visitation of the Magi, or here the header in the uh, edition I'm reading is the vis- Visits of the Wise Men. But you could also just call it the Failure of Herod, right? Yeah. So here is Herod and this entire infrastructure that knows the word better than anybody, that knows the kid's supposed to be born in Judea, that if it really is that kid, um, then this is a big deal. This is God among us. This is the thing we've been waiting for. Um, and, And what do they do, right? Like, we get Herod, the villain of the story, like, twisting his mustache and saying, ha, 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 I'm gonna get him, right? Like, so this is as much... Uh, this is contrasting a couple things, right? So Herod and the hierarchy in Jerusalem should be the most excited about the arrival of this kid. The Magi, who do not really have a background in Judaism, they had a background probably in uh, a monotheistic religion at the time called Zoroastrianism. If you want more on that, we have an episode of A Star is Born, um, our Wednesday night series about that, about the Magi, if you're interested, um, more on what what they believed. They, you know, they're kind of what we would call them pagan, but they just they worshipped another religion. Um, they shouldn't be excited about Jesus. They shouldn't have any idea who he is. And yet, it is the Gentile Zoroastrian priests that are drawn to this child and bow down and worship him. Um, and it is Herod and the temple hierarchy, and Herod in particular, that literally try to kill Jesus um, rather than uh, get excited about him. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy uh, glimpse at how messed up things were. Uh, the people who should have been excited, the people who would have known the most about what was going on, are the ones that he's really in danger from. And yet you have these people coming from way out in the east, uh, quite possibly having heard some aspects because of, you know, the exile and the scattering of the Jews, you know. But uh, they're here wanting to worship and see. Uh, You know, when when I was going through some of the stuff, uh, there were some Roman uh, uh, Tertullian and some other Roman historians that had, there was already this idea that there was going to be a king coming out of Judea that was kind of, known in the area and so they're here looking for this excited about it right. and herod is just thinking wait a baby's been born oh well uh, that must be somebody after my throne let's let's be as evil and just kill off the competition i mean literally man it's a it's, it's a baby well right and if you i mean if you jump to the very next scene right um it's yeah. herod is not just doesn't just react in as a little bit threatened right they have to uh flee to egypt because herod then starts killing infants right um you know herod decides to commit a major human rights abuse um in the potential to hold on to his power and so you really see this like very stark contrast and yeah, it shows mm-hmm. Not just not just a man so interested in power, but it's just a really deep religious failing. Because theoretically, this Messiah is exactly the thing they're supposed to be super stoked about. This is like where this this is like this is good news, right? Remember how excited the shepherds were, right? Oh my God, people like you know contrast this and the account in Luke, because in the account in Luke, which we you know preached on on Christmas Day on Christmas Eve, um, you see. Also Jews, right? We, we want to remember that both 
most of the, many of the people we don't like and many of the people we do like in the Bible were largely Jewish unless otherwise recognized. Right? Yeah. So when people say, and I know we bring this up a lot, but it bears repeating. When people say the Jews rejected Jesus, also the Jews accepted Jesus. Jews <laughs> very much not just one thing. Right? The shepherds were, fun fact, Jewish. Um, very excited um, about uh, the arrival. Mary and Joseph. Jewish. Very excited about the arrival of this baby. Herod in the temple hierarchy, also Jewish, should have been excited as the shepherds, should have been excited as Mary. That Herod should have stood up and said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. No. Well, this day, all generations have no. that ah. I get to be the king that welcomes in the Savior, right? That's how Herod should have reacted, right? Herod should have reacted like Mary. Um, it's a problem that Herod did not. Now, Harris got such an insecurity. I mean, he and as much as he lied and said, "Y'all go search for the child," and when you find it, let me know so I can put my two cents in and worship him. Also, was such a liar. You just got such an insecurity. <laughs> right. Right. And right. And, yeah. Cause, you know, in in the very next scene, they've got to flee to Egypt because it's about to break bad. Another crazy thing in looking at this is that here we are, the birth of Jesus, and the issue is that uh, a lot of the common people are accepting him and uh, yes. you know, understanding those who are in power who should be, you know, understanding, having more access to scripture and stuff like that are having issues with this, Herod specifically. Fast forward to the end of Jesus's life and throughout his ministry, and you see this same thing play out. Uh, though not all of the uh, Pharisees were against him, there are those in Scripture that shows, yeah, but the majority, the, yeah. those in charge of the temple, are again the ones that are ultimately out to kill him, whereas the common folk and other people are understanding and accepting. And then in this particular one, we again see with the Magi, that the Gentiles seem to right. get it yeah. before they do. Yeah. Right. And, you know, here are, here are, so this is a people who would have been rejected just in a different way, right? Magi, very powerful Zoroastrian priests. So you know, these, these are not, you know, this is also somewhat like Matthew, Matthew is very interested in this image of the kingdom of God and very, not that Luke is uninterested in this, but Matthew really hits the like, no, this is like a king, y'all. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's why Matthew includes this bit about the Magi. Uh, but they also were not exactly welcome in the religion of Judaism, right? They are not themselves Jews. They are Gentiles. And so they are outcasts in a different way. Where Luke, you know, Luke in particular, um, you know, wants to zoom in on the kind of real worldly reversal um, that Jesus does, that kind of ups the, what we've talked about often, and the upside down kingdom, that, you know, who are the first people um, to hear about the birth of Jesus? Well, you know, it is an unwed mother, it is um, her young carpenter fiance, and it is some socially rejected shepherds, right? And who are the first people to come and worship in Matthew? Um, it is some Zoroastrian priests, yeah, priests high and mighty, um, but it's still not the temple hierarchy, right? And 
we tell this story as if that's the way it should be, because I guess it does testify to the breadth of God's love. But never lose sight that like the first people who should have been at that manger side, uh, especially once the Magi showed up and told them the good news, was Herod in the temple hierarchy. Right? Like, you should have seen the chief priest there bowing down as the Magi did, and they didn't because, you know, this is one of those, like, power corrupts, right? Um, generally speaking, everyday normal Jews um, totally are more, much more likely to embrace Jesus. You look at, you know, Jesus' followers are largely common folk. Um, the hierarchy, uh, once that power gets in there, Jesus threatens that power, and man, they are not into it. Yeah, Herod should have beat the Magi there, man, because they've been waiting for centuries for the Messiah to come, and here he is, and they missed the opportunity to grasp the moment, but yeah, he, he should have been the first one there as <laughs> the Magi, but insecurity you know, he's got. Well, Herod was, this is, you know, Herod the first, you know, Herod the Great. So he was really good yes. at um, working the Roman system. Uh, he uh -huh. had held in there through some changeovers of Caesars and uh, different uh, power things and had maintained his power. He had built up prestige in uh, the things that he uh, built, you know, the temple uh, reconstruction, though it went lasted getting finished longer than he did. But still, he, he did a lot of really good things. So he had built this very comfortable position with the Roman government that pretty much everyone else viewed as being oppressive and uh, the foreigners that are, you know, the, the bad guys, as we constantly see throughout scripture. And yet Herod had made his peace and was profiting off of all of that. And so for the idea of the Messiah, the king of the Jews, that threatened all of that very much. And I, I guess that's the only thing that would logically to me make sense as to why he reacted that way, even though he still, you know, took it a bit far. Well, I mean, but but this like matches very much with the historical Herod the Great, right? There, the Herod family, um, oh, yeah. family Herod, uh, was a lot of like kill family members and off this family member, and you know exile this family member for the sake of your power. It was you know that this was a very, you know. Perhaps the slaughtering of infants is maybe the most extreme thing that Herod does, but it's not the only time where we see Herod's very, re very ready ability to off people in the name of his own comfort and power. And, but the thing to remember about Herod to kind of, kind of up the level of disappointment that Herod really is, is that Herod is attempting to rule as a Jewish king. Yeah. But he is not himself a Roman, although, you know, he is best friends with Romans, and I believe he himself was educated in Rome. I ends up actually best, uh, you know, best friends with Caesar Augustus, but um, he is trying to rule as a Jewish king. It is why mm -hmm. he invests so much in Jerusalem and in the temple specifically to advertise his Jewishness. And yet here, the Messiah, the promise of Judaism arrives. And what does he do? He literally starts to kill a whole bunch of his own people um, in a scattershot approach uh, to try and end this Messiah that challenges his power. And so certainly, there, <coughs> excuse me, there is a thing happening here about the corrupting nature of power. Yeah. It's underneath Matthew 12 
and a and also kind of this is casting forward to where this is all going which is the cross uh to remember that often who was accepting jesus was people who would not seem likely to do it um, mm -hmm. those who were rejected and those who reject Jesus are those who you would think would be the most likely to accept that they're that all of Jesus life is told in that reversal. You know, I, I think that's part of what's really the beauty and most important aspect of this here, the, uh, the story of the Magi, that juxtaposition of the rejection from the Jews and those who should have clamped hold and the acceptance by the Gentiles. I mean, and yeah, and uh, in reading through things, I didn't realize how much uh, <laughs> that story of the Magi, though it's just just one little thing, has was some of the earlier art that was done because of the realization yeah. of how beauty. Uh, uh, there's a you know second century aspect of it in the uh, catacombs of Priscilla catacombs in Rome. Yeah, you know, it goes back to some of the earliest uh, artistic drawings of scripture is related to this story. You know, and I guess that just because of that idea of how it's always was, it wasn't a second thought for the Gentiles to come in because the Jews uh, weren't being accepting. It was always part of the plan that the Messiah was going to be that bridge for Jews and Gentiles to come <laughs> back to God the Father. Well, and that, so, but, so that's also the kind of why there is, we've been joking this whole Christmas season about the 12 days of Christmas, right? And yeah. I keep introducing worship with, this is the third day of Christmas. This is the 10th day of Christmas, right? Um, and, I, and I'm doing it as a bit because I think it's funny, but also to remember that the Christmas season is a journey from Christmas day to epiphany, mm -hmm. the arrival of the Magi, that both of those holidays historically in our faith have really mattered because here at Epiphany, this is the first time that we have these Gentiles bowing down and worshiping God, which certainly for the early church, um, as uh, the early church was a mixture of Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians, but as they're experiencing rejection from the synagogues and certainly Matthew's congregation, we know historically, or we think we know historically, experienced a lot of rejection from the synagogues, that it was really important that here we see this image of Gentiles coming, bowing down and worshiping, because that is in some ways the real story and the arc of the early church, particularly when you get into Paul's ministry, of Gentiles who are, you know, as the book of Romans talks about a lot, kind of grafted into God's family with the weird uncles that get grafted into the tree by Jesus. Um, <laughs> but that starts here, like the first, the prototype of that. Um, if the, you know, shepherd's the prototype of the evangelist, this is the prototype of what it is for Gentiles to come and worship God um, and the much broader and bigger thing that God is doing. And so, yeah, you can start to see why particularly Roman Christians, that was much, much more, there were Jews, but also a very Gentile congregation living in a very Gentile world uh, would really take some solace in the story of the Magi and, seeing, and see themselves, particularly as people who would not have largely grown up Christian, um, they would have come to Christ um, from another religion, uh, maybe even from Zoroast from a kind of Zor like cosplaying Zoroastrianism. <laughs> yeah, so God's plan is being rolled out way before the cross is being rolled out now at the birth of his son that all are coming back to him, all are available to God 
through his son, Jesus Christ. That's amazing. No. Right. Well, you, do you have something, Stacey? Well, no. I, I, my actually question was, uh, I was going to ask this way back at the beginning of the show, but uh, the word epiphany, um, does that tie into like, you know, like if you have an epiphany of something? Right. Yeah. Same. It is literally the same word, right? Okay. That here is an epiphany, right? The epiphany is here are some Gentiles worshiping. These Gentiles had an epiphany. Now, what I don't know off the top of my head, which is a great question, is what came first. Um, the word epiphany, um, or the, the, or this, right? But, as I Google, epiphany <laughs> holiday, um, celebrates, the revelation, the, uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, this, it is literally the same thing. And the epiphany of epiphany is that here are some Gentiles who are now worshiping God. That is an astoundingly new thing, right? That, you know, there had been a real focus. They're worshiping God and they're not worshiping God at the temple, right? There had been this real focus on kind of insularity um, and also a real focus, especially in the second temple period, on worshiping at the temple, right? They reject the Samaritans because the Samaritans worship on the wrong mountain and they, you know, and these were, look, these were Gentiles that had previously done some conquering of, uh, of the Jews, right? And so this really is like a major shift that they are, here are some Gentiles coming to worship and they're worshiping here. Well, we don't know if it's actually the manger, right? Here's the thing the scripture doesn't tell us, right? It is just sometime later. We always, we picture them as like, you know, and we did this with our own, um, with our own live nativity scene, right? Where it is all in one wooden barn, no wooden barn, um, all in one, <laughs> barn is Mary and Joseph, an infant Jesus, some shepherds, some farm animals, and some magi, um, and the magi's tent holders. Also not in the Bible, although fun. Um, and we don't know, right? We just know it is sometime after. Um, Jesus is born, and we're still in Bethlehem, and besides that, we don't know, right? So uh, sometimes it is also portrayed as some years later. Um, but ha whatever the timeline is, here we have like this God doing a couple really new things that show that in Christ's world, in the, you know, the kingdom in Christ, there is something, this is going to look very different um, than what they've known before. That's so, the epiphany. Uh, a brief thing on the etymology of epiphany. Uh, it, it seems to actually come from uh, the Greek uh, epiphania which means appearance and manifestation. Uh -huh. And then so they okay. use that uh, in, in the Latin and then uh, the English started using epiphany and relating it to the uh, uh, holiday because of it being that, the appearance and manifestation, uh, as early as 1325 in the Middle English. Sure. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, as soon as you start to get like written religious English, which takes a minute, right? Because it took was all, some time. Yeah, it was all Vulgate Latin. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, and so this, but like, this is what ends Christmas, right? But it is its own standalone important piece uh, because of the, again, because it is this kind of major shift in what God, how, how we think of God as working. Um, and so for all of us who are Gentiles who worship God, uh, this is where that story begins um, here with the Magi. And then you start to see God's word um, 
spreading, right? They don't stay. They go back to their country. And in some ways, they also, presumably, we don't know this, but is often assumed, they take on their own role of evangelist and tell uh, tell of what they have found. Yes, and, and being obedient to God through the dream and going the other way, not yeah. telling Herod. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, don't tell Herod. Whatever you do, don't tell Herod. Oh, Herod. It just doesn't doesn't like it does not go well i mean he's gonna find out anyway so okay. you know <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna find out right, anyway but but it buys time <laughs> right um it buys presumably that's what because you know immediately um immediately after this is when joseph and and mary and Ju, uh, you know now after they left an angel lord told joseph in the dream go take this out right like you know it, it, it's an episode of scooby-doo right where you're running through the doors right and like um like the, the, the magi create a distraction so that they can go this way right like this is you know always right. always back to pop culture with me but yeah this is this is an episode of scooby-doo mm. So, um, to, uh, I know we're about to wrap this up. So, uh, no, you're good, you're good. What you got? we wrap this up by saying this, um, uh, and everybody out there in uh, Facebook and YouTube land, uh, this will be a pastor trades last week on here. Uh, he's taking for a bit. A I'll be back. Sabbatical. Um, he has his own his... baby to run and hide. Yes. With. <laughs> yes. Or will, or will is about yeah. to. Yeah. About to. So, yeah. Literally. One, so yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, the show, uh, we're going to do some test streams here in a minute, but the show will carry on. Um, I'm going to be out for just, I'll be out for eight weeks. Um, and so it'll be um, a Scott Brandy and Stacy uh, taking the reins. Um, so it'll be same time, same place, all of that. Um, uh, and I will, again, like I said, I will be back. I've just, I've got some paternity leave coming up um, uh, starting a week from today, actually. So um, everybody, let's, got, give, uh, uh, let's give Pastor Trey a round of applause, y'all. Thank y'all very much. We're definitely gonna miss uh, you. I, I, yeah, we, we're, we're you're gonna. I know you'll be here in spirit. I'll be here in spirit, and and, and I'll be back. Right, you know, yep. I'll, I'll yeah, be back. Yeah. Uh, probably first Monday. If my math is right, I'll be back the first Monday of March. March. Um, will be which put my, you, uh, which puts you in right in the middle of. Of Lent, uh, yeah. Lent, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the run that puts me right in the run up to Easter, which is important. So yeah, um, I I will not be back uh, with y'all uh, one week from today, uh, but the rest of the crew will be back with you one week from today. Don't forget, if you have feedback for this show, uh, you can post it here on our Facebook page, over on our YouTube channel, our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash video. You can email us, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. We've got an audio-only version of this show that will also I'll, uh, be maintained. Uh, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. Um, and uh, don't forget, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And fear not, stay well. God is with us. Now comes the part where we dance. <laughs> <laughs>